everybody. Happy Monday. Athena, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. How you doing? How you doing? I am doing good. I'm doing good. How was your um, MLK day? How was your weekend and your MLK day? My weekend was good. <laughs> My MLK day, I was at work. I don't have a boss who takes off for, for MLK day, unfortunately. But this weekend, I my two nieces' birthdays were this weekend, so as per my usual, I am at both of their homes for two different shindigs. But you know, I, I should be used to it by now. Cause heck, my oldest niece is what eighteen now; she's official, and then my second oldest niece is fourteen now. So I should be used to this. And both of them had their birthdays this week, so it's not you know not like I'm new to this uh bouncing back and forth so you know but neither here nor there you know but it still was a good time you were there too and tag along now so uh, i'm just kidding hey renata <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm glad you had a good weekend <laughs> how about you renata was yours similar to mine since you were there it was that was a good weekend it was a busy weekend um, I feel like I was doing a lot of driving on various sides of town, but you were. You, were. you definitely were. You, you, you know, I, I know we went to IKEA, right? Yeah, we went. And then we went. What's another direction we went to? We were. We went every direction but south, but south. Yeah, yeah. Good times, you know. We had good times to be had by all. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let me just go ahead and jump into the topic. So we figured since today is MLK Day, that obviously, out of honor for a great man, we would have a discussion about it. Yay! <laughs> and so, um, I guess to kind of kick it off, we were going to start off by talking about um, the letter that Stevie Wonder wrote to. MLK that he wrote about MLK in regards to the lack of progress. Um, so Athena, did you want me to read the letter or did you want to read the letter? Oh, go ahead. You know. <laughs> okay. It says, "Dear Dr. King, I met you when I was 14 years of age. We were a you were a true hero, and you became an inspiration." Wonder begins. I've been blessed to write songs of hope, love, and motivation. Many of them inspired by your life. More than any award I've ever received, I want you to know that I am thankful to how you influenced my place of love, which allowed me to push the needle of love and equality forward. It's painful to know that needle has not moved one iota. For 36 years, we've had a a national holiday honoring your birthday and principles, yet you would not believe the lack of progress. It makes me physically sick. I am sick of politicians trying to find an easy solution to a 40-year problem, 400-year problem. I am sick of some people using God as a convenient as a convenience rather than a commitment. I am sick of lies and deceit that dominate our reality. I am sick that truth is struggling to be heard and defended. Um, uh, let's see here. I'll I'll stop there. Uh, so I think I kind of what are just from that part. What are your thoughts on on some of this letter? I feel like it sums it up pretty well. I mean, especially for 
someone who's older than us, um, who's been around more to see less progress. I, I definitely think in my lifetime, I've seen some things change. I'm not going to say they've all changed for the better. I'm not going to say they've all gotten worse, but I can definitely say I've seen a lot of things change to where, uh, where I can truthfully say, okay, there's been progress. And I, you know, and if my grandmother was still alive, I'm sure we could ask her because she was born in 1920, 29. And for her, I'm sure she's seen a lot of change before she left this earth. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's still to where Dr. King and Malcolm X, everybody who was in that era fault to get us to this point. I mean, yes, we can vote, but a lot of times we feel it doesn't matter. Yes, we can go to schools, but a lot of times we feel that we still aren't getting the education that we should. Um, yes, we can uh, ride on the bus any dang where we want, but we still haven't progressed to gather that back of the bus mindset because I know it used to grind my gears when I see people go straight to the back of the bus. I'm like, how many people fought for you to sit in the front of the bus and you begging your butt to the back? I understand it's cool to sit in the back. The back on it, they fought for you to sit in the front. At least mix it up sometimes. So I, when I was riding the bus, I never sat past the middle unless I had to go to the back because that's the only seat that's open. And even sometimes now as an adult, I'll be like, okay, I ain't sitting in the back. Let's sit in the middle, you know. Let's not go all the way to the back if we ain't got to. Now, if we got to, we got to. But at least we know we have that choice. So, I mean, and, I, you know, I love Mr. Stevie Wonder anyway. And mm-hmm. think of all the songs that he has written for the cause, for the movement, trying to spark people to change. And for him, I bet it's, it's heartbreaking, you know, the fact that you pour your life your soul into a song, for instance, and people hear it, they groove to it. I, I'm sorry, I won't say here. They listen to it, they groove to it, they make babies to it, but they're not really listening to what you're saying. And you hear a lot of artists say that same thing. Oh, you're listening to me, but you're not hearing what I'm saying. And I think that's what's happened to our country. We literally are listening passively to what people are saying, but nobody's hearing them and hearing people and actually digesting it and actually taking it in and actually taking a moment to be like, okay, this is what this person is saying. Let's make some changes for it. Um, And and that's just not, I I guess that's just how I'm feeling about it because I definitely agree with what Stevie has said so far in this letter and and what we have not accomplished. I mean, I thank God that I can walk down the street now and not necessarily be targeted um, or I can be out after nine and still not necessarily have to worry about being hurt by someone. But, you know, if we still haven't progressed that much for it to be for me to be almost 40 years old from 40 years ago to now, I think in some ways we've gone backwards um, from 40 years ago to now. So, In what uh, ways do you feel like we've gone backwards? 
like for instance, and it could be because I was a kid and I didn't realize what all people had to go through. But just looking at joblessness and homelessness, I feel I don't feel like even though we've lived in the hood, even though we had horrible housing, even though we had government cheese and, and things of that nature, we still were able to survive inside a home. Nowadays, cost of living is so high, uh, groceries are so high, minimum wage is still low. Um, it's up from what it was 15, 20 years ago, but the cost of living has not adjusted with the same, um, you know, vigorousness as minimum wage. So, I mean, they, they're not, they're not equal. So it's like, even back when we were younger, minimum wage, you could survive off a of minimum wage. Now you can't survive off a of minimum wage. There's no way. Um, and a lot of these entry-level jobs are setting people up for failure. And, you know, I can use my child as an example. Where she works at now, she makes 11-something an hour. And if she was to add up, and this is part of the reason why she still lives in the house with me uh, for a little bit longer, um, is because adding up her bills in the grand scheme of things of how much it costs to live in an apartment, Nowadays, um, thank God she was given a car, but if she had to pay a car payment, oh, that would be like, you You just, you better find public transportation because you're not going to have a car payment. But if you add up how much it would cost for her to pay for daycare, um, buy clothes for her and her child, put food in their mouths, you know, the simple things that everybody takes for granted. Now, back in the day, you had where you could get on food stamps, no questions asked when you made below a certain amount. Nowadays, you have to almost prove consistently that you still don't make enough, even though they know you don't make enough because they have access to your pay stubs. And you have to keep jumping through these hoops and going to these appointments. And you can't go to work because you got to go to these appointments to make sure that you don't make enough to stay on these government systems because so many people have abused the system. And somebody who makes $11 an hour and who has a child, they will barely make it. And when I say barely make it, I mean like legit barely make it. You cannot have cable. You can barely have your cell phone and you you almost cannot have internet on $11 an hour to support you and a child. And trust me, my child's bougie. I know she's bougie. But as far as even if you look at the bare minimum, because a two-bedroom apartment nowadays is starting at almost $700 a month. Daycare is $170 a week. And if you bring home $11 an hour and you got to pay $170 a week, plus you got to pay $700 plus a month to have a two bedroom apartment. Plus, you know, you're looking at being in a negative before you get started. And so then people turn to street hustling and things of that nature, which I'm not condoning it. But if you are going into an entry-level job, because that's where they want to start you at, nobody wants to hire you, and you're starting off low, how can you ever get up? And at least back in the day, there were so many opportunities for people to have legal side hustles. Because I remember when I was younger, my first job was literally sweeping the streets of downtown. And it was... I guess it was put on by Anthem, but that was my first job, sweeping the, suites, sweeping the streets of downtown. They gave this job to youth to keep us 
from uh, being out in the streets and doing something crazy to people. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, back when I was, what, 15, 15 and a half, 16 years old, uh, early 90s, mid-90s, minimum wage at that time was, what, $4 and some change. Well, they paid us 7 They paid us a little bit over. It was not a glorious job by any means because we were sweeping the bus stops downtown. Now, everybody knows the bus stops is the most trifling places known to man. We're in the sun all day. We've been literally doing this to give us some money to make ends meet for ourselves. And I don't know of any programs nowadays that are just like where anybody can do it. And I think they kind of reached out to those kids in bad neighborhoods. And I think they did it on purpose, which to me, at the time, I was like, you telling me I can be 15 and make some money? I was down because, you know, we were poor. And, you know, we believed in soup kitchens when I was younger. And uh, we, I never had name brand shoes like that. You know, so that was, to me, a good way for me to make some money. I bought my first bicycle, all that stuff when I had that job. So that opportunity was there. I, to this, I don't know of any opportunities like that now to where they're going into neighborhoods and saying, hey, you want to make some money? We got a little program and they would put us all in. It almost felt like we were illegals. They put us all on a bus. They took us somewhere and said, okay, well, let's, we got to mow this lawn. And it would be um, an abandoned house or something that the state owned or something. And we would literally do the artwork um, at that house. We would clear the trash out of the, the yard. The guys would mow the lawns. The girls would plant flowers or whatever, you know, around the house to make it look nice. But that was the opportunity we had to make money, stay out of trouble. It was 90% in the summertime. I don't think I ever got to do that in the winter, but only did it one year too. But it was, you know, a, a glamorous job at the time. We were called Anthem Achievers. We were freaking working for Anthem technically at that time. But I don't know of any opportunities like that. So, and if if someone else does, please enlighten me because I would love to know about them. But those things were there. And now you have a lot of children who are out here in the streets. Parents can't make ends meet. Their parents are making little to nothing. They're not getting food stamp help. Or if they do get food stamp help, it's barely uh, covering what they need to cover for the month. And they're trying to balance life. And then the kids are stuck wanting to fit in because kids are bullying them and then they have nothing else to turn to. So they feel put something illegal to try to make it speak. And that's what I mean by going backwards. I know that was a long drawn out, <laughs> but I mean, but just to give context, that's how, you know, for me, that's the perspective I'm coming from because I was that kid who was broke, who we didn't have a lot of everything. And everybody on the street always thought we had so much money because we had air conditioning. <laughs> that wasn't the case. My grandmother had air conditioning for a long time, <laughs> way before I was born. So that was just something she just had to have. But that unit was put in. Everybody, and I hear that to sometimes this day too. Some people was like, "Girl, we thought y'all was rich because y'all had y'all was one of the only houses with air conditioning on Central Air, Central Air on the whole block." I was like, "Oh, yeah, we were not." <laughs> Same struggles, everybody else, same soup kitchen lines, same gummy cheese, same, same, same. So there was no difference. But I mean, that's what I mean by I feel like we haven't 
um, make that much progress. So I totally agree with Stevie because of that. But yeah, so now it's your turn. I'm gonna shut the heck up. <laughs> okay. Um. So my initial question to you was, what What was your thoughts about kind of the first half of the letter? And I I do agree. Um. I think some progress has been made. I guess it kind of depends on how do you define progress. And um, again, we're not a monolith. So depending on who you're having this conversation with, I think some people would say that there's been a lot of progress made. I think some would uh, feel opposite. Um, I think there's been progress made in certain areas. I mean, I know you talked a lot about the financial side. Um and, and like we've talked about before, how we grew up on literally the same street, just different blocks, but we had different experiences um, for various reasons. And so I think I feel like there's no short answer. I feel like it's a both end. I think there has been some progress made and there still is a long, long way to go. Um, and I agree, you can't. It's not a realistic expectation to think that um, 400 years, 400 plus years of um, of kind of not having an advantage, being disadvantaged, being a disadvantage. I think it's not going to it's not going to change overnight. There's a lot of broken systems um, that need to be adjusted, but that requires people having real conversations and being accountable for their actions and making changes and it's I think it's all across the board it's it's not a it's not a quick easy fix um it's kind of like I guess the analogy that comes to mind is if I gave you a 5,000 piece puzzle and I gave you three of those and I mixed them up and I didn't give you a box and told you to fix these puzzles it's like that <laughs> so, so I mean, yeah, you'll you'll figure out some stuff, but you're not great. I I shouldn't say I don't think most people can put together that many puzzles in an hour with that many pieces, with no box, and you just know that it's a puzzle, and you have no no game plan. Um, so I I think it's it, it's not an easy fix. Um, but I can't sit here and say that nothing's different than what it was when he was alive. Um, and kind of like how you said with your grandma, I mean, even just having conversations with my grandma and just um, kind of looking at things from her eyes, like just her ideal of, I never thought I would live to see a black president. I mean, if I'm honest, I didn't think I would either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, just even now, like with, um, the vice president and like yesterday we were having a conversation about um and the bible how it talks about the first the last shall be first and the first shall be last and so just kind of looking at it from her perspective of you know for her she's looking at it like this has been a lot of progress because the last it looks like the people who are last are starting to slowly become first and it's probably gonna take past our lifetime <laughs> to be first <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, like, okay, so this is over 400 years, and it's taking this long to get this far. Boy, is, is Landon going to get to see this change that we've been wanting for a long time? I'm just like, yeah, I hope I see it, but dang, it feels like it's going to be past 
my landings ain't holy Lord, I praise before landing. You never know. Stranger things have happened. A virgin had a baby. Listen, I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. And I'm here for it. I'm definitely not going to act like I'm not grateful. I want anybody that, oh, out there who's listening to think that I'm not grateful for the progress because I know there could have been so much more. Uh, it could have been worse for me, especially being an uh, African-American single mother, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I, life could have been definitely a lot harder for me. I've been blessed to have decent jobs my whole life. Um and jobs where I never made minimum wage, like I've never made minimum wage, which has been a saving grace. Because even, you know, as a 15 year old, not making minimum wage, that's big. You know what I mean? So it's like I've been blessed to be that and have that opportunity to do it. But um, I'm not going to act like we couldn't as a country be better because I feel like if anybody's suffering, we all should be suffering because if if this group of people whoever that group is is still not able to have or still not able to grow or still disenfranchised or still being gentrified we still we still have we still haven't progressed enough because i feel like at this point in the game we should not be talking about the same crap that martin luther king and everyone before him fought for us so hard not to still be dealing with this many years later. Valid point. Valid point. So, yeah. since you brought that up, I guess the, <laughs> the thought that came to mind, I think this is the 50th anniversary of Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. I think it's either this year or 2020. And I can, I will fact check so I can make sure I'm accurate. I so, Okay. And so I guess kind of hearing that, and I, I think most people would say that when you hear that song, it still applies. Like kind of, how does that sit with you? Kind of knowing that the song has been around that long, but it still applies. Well, it, <laughs> all the songs, really, let's just go there. Because there's like so many of them that was fighting the power and, you know, all of them that literally came out you know what i'm saying they they're still so relevant and it's so crazy how we are still um dealing with it and this year will be 50 years because it came out in 1971 okay. um, so this is the 50th this is the 50th year for that song but um it it's crazy how all that stuff is still relevant and it, it comes full circle like everybody says you know you still just like even with the clothing you know people always says it repeats itself well the same seems like the songs are still repeating themselves in in a not so good way because if you listen to all those songs that were out then they're still relevant and they shouldn't be but I'm, except for entertainment value and historical value like we should not be uh, resonating with these songs as deep as we do now because we still feel like we haven't made progress. But I, I don't. I wish I could. I wish I had a magic wand for real. Like I had a for real solution as to how to change things. You know, I know people have to want to change too, but we're human, and we don't always uh, like the word change. But. Um, I don't know. I, I I wish I could figure it out. 
I, I wish I really do wish I could figure out world peace. Al <laughs> 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 and I, little old me, figure out world peace, but maybe we need enough people who want to figure out world peace to actually figure out world peace. Like, uh, figure out. you're making a, a very complex thing seem so simple. <laughs> I want. I want. I, I understand that. I understand what you're saying. However, that's just like when people try to describe love. <laughs> so, but I do, I do want to make sure that I do read um, some of the comments that we have. Um, so, Cheryl Legrand, and I'm sorry if I mess up your name. Um, she was saying was, I think some in certain areas depend on the person. Some take what they don't have and push harder change mindset, change generational curses. And she also talked about how she is single. She's a single parent of three. And so she also kind of relates to what you were saying, Athena, about um, the struggle of just being a single parent and just even being a statistic. And with that, that whole process, it's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Listen. Let me tell you, <laughs> if if, I, if I'm telling you, if, if I had fallen into the trap of what people said about me being a single parent, I wouldn't have made it because. You <laughs> but how about we take a commercial break and then we can come back and read the second part of this letter and finish the discussion. BRB, y'all. Join the JQLM Radio family today. Syndicate your show or come host and produce your own show on air, live, or pre-recorded from anywhere in the world. That's not all. JQLM Radio also distributes your episodes to all major podcast platforms like iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and more. Come join this full service and support platform. Get help with sponsorships, Built from our current listeners from all over the world in 45 countries and growing. Gain access to promotional materials and let JQLM Radio promote you too. And be a part of our live media coverage team that covers events and hosts red carpet activities with celebrities and more. For more information or to join now, visit www.egoentertainmentnet.com. Or email us at jqlmradio at gmail.com. JQLM Radio, real voices, raw entertainment, and relevant topics. Track, Funk by Arulo. You do not want to miss the Future Is Now Virtual Conference 2021 Worldwide. February 8th through February 12th, 2021, hosted by Click Urban and the HBCU Foundation. This conference is all about solutions for Black economics and community empowerment. This five-day event will be full of heavy-hitting speakers, a variety of workshops, live entertainment, shopping, and more. Featuring speakers like Curtis Simmons of the HBCU Go Network, Nikki Woods, former producer of the Tom Joyner Morning Show, Tamika Fadden, and the founder of the nation's largest urban health and music festival, and many more. Hurry to secure your spot and register today at thefutureisnowconference.com. That's thefutureisnowconference.com. And use the coupon code SAVEEARLY2021 for 50% off. Again, 
That is the futureisnowconference.com. Register now. You do not want to miss this. The Culture Reloaded in 2021. Have you subscribed yet to the free bi-monthly digital interactive ego magazine? No? Well, head on over to www.egoentertainmentnet.com to subscribe now. This magazine is all about supporting and showcasing excellence in communities everywhere. From music, arts and culture, relationships, education, politics, celebrities, food, and so much more. While you're flipping through the pages, just click on the buttons and social icons and you'll be taken to a whole other world behind the articles and ads. At Ego Entertainment, everyone is a star. There is something in it for everyone. And we hope you are positively impacted by what you see and will continue to support Ego Magazine. Track CBPD by Arulo. All right, so we are back, and today we're having this wonderful discussion about MLK and just kind of, it's kind of centered around this letter that uh, Stevie Wonder penned to Dr. Martin Luther King. And so prior to our break, we uh, read the first part. So I will wrap up the letter. I know we can have some commentary about that. But I also do still want to go back to the whole uh, conversation about being a statistic, because I think that still applies too. Um, But to finish in the letter, and so scroll back to my part. Um, so we need a true commission that forces this country to look at its lies. Without truth, we cannot have accountability. Without accountability, we cannot have forgiveness. Without forgiveness, we cannot heal. And you know what? I skipped the part. I'm sorry. Let me go back a little bit. Until we turn our mouth movement into righteous action, we're doing our nation, God, and your and your memory an injustice. And then he says, you need a you need a true commission that forces this country to look at its lies. Without truth, we cannot have accountability. Without accountability, we cannot have forgiveness. Without forgiveness, we cannot heal. Dr. King, these times require courage, as they did when you lived in part and paid the ultimate price. On this day, a day in your honor, I pledge to have the courage to say what I see and acknowledge what I hear. In your spirit, I call on all those in the Senate to speak truth to what they know they can physically see and begin the steps towards accountability, forgiveness, and then healing. And so that's the, the end of the letter. And so kind of what are your thoughts on that? Stevie you know he knows what he's saying. <laughs> I mean, I just I've I've always been a huge fan of Stevie just because the way he always talks i mean you got a billion kids but just the way he talks in general it's like he and i I still don't think people give him enough credit because he's very eloquent in how he speaks and he's very very matter of fact like look (laughs) we need this now so i i feel him 110 percent. i vote stevie the next president of the united states <laughs> Could you imagine the scandal with that one? But <laughs> but no, I I mean I love it. I I feel it. I mean, so I don't ramble on my whole tactic. I'll let you jump in. And <laughs> You're fine. 
Um, well, I mean, it, obviously, like I said earlier, I think accountability is a big, as a big part, and it's it's a lot of conversation and action that needs to take place. Because I think, I think a lot of conversations are being had now, which is great, but we need action behind the conversation. So kind of like how we often talk about the importance of yes, we vote people in office, but then we have to hold them accountable. So like, this is kind of based on my interpretation of what he's saying, this is part of that holding people accountable for, you know, you're saying this is the role that you want to fulfill. So you have to deal with everything that comes along with it. It's just like owning a business or having a child. Like when you take on that responsibility, in theory, you are supposed to take all the consequences that come with it, whether positive or negative. And I think sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow um, I think sometimes we want the glamour of certain things, but we don't want to do the work that comes along with it. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that's, <laughs> I think in order for things to get to where they need to be, it, it's going to require people to kind of say, yes, I recognize that I'm in a position of power and I'm willing to give up some of it so that I, or, or whatever it needs to be given up so that I can do my part. Um, again, just kind of liken it to the analogy of a parent. At some point when your child gets older, you take a step back in theory and let them make their mistakes. And you don't always swoop in and save the day. Like sometimes you got to let people fall and deal with the consequences that they may. But then you also have to acknowledge that I made mistakes along the way also, because none of us are perfect. And so it's not even, that's an unrealistic expectation to expect imperfect people to have perfect actions. It's just, it's not possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can say I've done that several times. So I like the glitz and glamour. Don't want to do that work, but I'm often reminded by my business partner that I better get my butt in gear. So, <laughs> but it's—I mean, let's just let's just be real. This is—it's hard work to say that we want everyone to be equal. That's hard because what that means is all of us have a privilege in some capacity. It may not feel like it, but we all have a privilege in some way, whether it's. We have ableism. Uh, there's privilege with certain religions. There's privilege with with certain, you know, with race, sex, all of it. Like there's all of us have at least one privilege, and that may require us kind of taking a hard look at our actions and how we contribute. And some of us just don't want to do that. Some of us don't want the sacrifice that comes along with it. And I get it. Sacrifice is hard, but it's necessary. Yeah. Yes, it is. Lord, Lord to Lord. <laughs> I mean, and it, in order to get progress, in order to, to, to get anywhere, we have to be willing to go um, and, and be uncomfortable. Just like, you know, what we're always taught as being a Christian, you know, we, in order to become a full Christian and to get where we need to be, we're going to be shaken. We're going to be uncomfortable. We're going to have to acknowledge the ugly stuff. We're going to have to um, embrace change and we have to change. We have to transform. Um, Just like with any job you go to, when you start a job, you may start a job one way and end another or become someone else while you're at that job, you have to adapt. You have to be willing to um, make the necessary changes in order to progress and grow. Um, It's just, um, 
it's it's definitely something that I think, like you said before, we have to be accountable. We have to learn to be um, people who change and and make the change willingly, and stop thinking that one thing is better than the other, and realize that we all have some kind of change in account. We we all have something that we need to do to make this better. Nobody's less at fault than others, but you know, stop pointing them fingers. <laughs> It's like what the them said, you know, when you point your finger, you got one point now, but a few pointing back at you. So I'm just saying, take that accountability. Yeah, but that's, I don't know. I, I guess it just, so I guess the, the example that kind of comes to mind is just kind of also when I think about like just how our lives were and kind of, yes, we had a lot of gifts. Us, and, and in all actuality, both of us were, has the potential to be a walking statistic. Um, and I'm not saying that I definitely don't believe in that. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I don't, I don't believe in that rhetoric. Um, but I also recognize that it, you, there is a level of hard work that has to be put in and that desire to want something different too. Because it is easy to be complacent. I can think of several times in my life where I, I, I was very complacent and kind of had to make some changes. But that required me to do some stuff, how I always tell my clients, that required me to be comfortable being uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, in order to make the moves that I wanted to make. Because for me, it was important that I didn't, I didn't become what everyone said I should have became. Mm-hmm. And I still got some ways to go, Lord knows I do. But, but you know, put it in that, you know, not just going by what the book's that we read in history class, you know, those things like that, like learning my own history and, you know, connecting with organizations that are really trying to better people um, and not just doing something just because it's it's the cool thing to do, but really like, how can I be of service? Because that's going to be a big part of it too, which is, are you willing to be a servant? All of us can't be leaders. And personally, I think a good leader is willing to follow also. Like they're willing to say, Yes, I may be in charge, but I'm willing to get in and help you. If I need to go clean the bathroom, I, I'm down because that's what I got to. If I got to do that to help make the team better, I'm willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. I I posted something similar to that that's going to pop up on one of our days this week. But I mean, just thinking about that because if you have a corporation, you can't. Uh, not everybody in the company can be CEOs. Not everybody can be um you know the the face but everybody has an important job and it's you have to think as much as you know is you have to hold a janitor on as much of a step stool as a platform as you do as a ceo just because if it wasn't for that janitor cleaning that place and keeping it spick and span you wouldn't have business no matter how good of a CEO you are, if somebody walked in your doors and seen that you was trifling and they got OCD real bad and they can't handle it, oh, and they had all that money, they would gladly walk back out that door. So, you know, you always treat, treat the least of these better or as good as you treat anybody you hold to high regard. So we got to take a break. So we'll continue this discussion when we come back. So stay tuned, y'all. Chime in. Put your comments in the in the comment section. So we'll be back.
A Dark and Stormy Night is a Stage 7 Entertainment production. I'm withdrawing as your legal counsel effective immediately. Exit denied, counselor. I wasn't asking. You know what'll happen if I go down? We in this together, Jeff. Your signature is on all those deals, too. Are you blackmailing me? I play to win. Haven't you figured that out yet? You slipping, counselor. Max, I'm only going to say this once. Then choose your words carefully, counselor. I'll be perfectly clear. I want you to make sure I'm not culpable of anything. Even if you have to fall on the sword for me. Goodbye, Max. I need you to make Jeff disappear permanently. What? What are you suggesting and why? First, because I said so. Secondly, he has become profoundly expendable. Did I ever tell you I was a fortune teller? Let me see what this crystal ball tells me. It says, if you tell anyone, anyone about this, you be on my next magic show. Let's make a toast to new beginning. Master Simmons, Master Simmons, someone check his pulse. He's dead. To purchase and download your favorite episode or the full series of A Dark and Stormy Night podcast, visit adarkandstormynightpodcast.com. Stay tuned for A Dark and Stormy Night stage play and film. sponsorship or virtual vendor booth now for the future is now virtual conference 2021 worldwide february 8th through february 12th 2021 hosted by click urban and the hbcu foundation this conference is all about solutions for black economics and community empowerment this five-day event will be full of heavy-hitting speakers a variety of workshops live entertainment shopping and more you do not want to miss the opportunity to provide your support and partner with this epic culture altering event or to showcase and sell your product to countless attendees at this epic event. Register for your booth at thefutureisnowconference.com. Contact Lynn Graham at lgram at theclickurban.com to secure your sponsorship. The Future Is Now Virtual Conference 2021, The Culture Reloaded. We're having a discussion today about Martin Luther King and just kind of um, centering around a letter that Stevie Wonder penned to Dr. Martin Luther King about what's 
the progress, the lack thereof that's been made. So Athena, what other thoughts do you have about this letter that he wrote? Yeah, I mean, I mean, okay, so I know I've been talking a lot, so I just want to pose some a question to you, I guess. Okay. For you, um, with the letter, with um, everything we've discussed this show, like, how, are you feeling motivated now? Like, or are you, do you have a new spark lit into you um, after reading Stevie's letter to, to try to be that change that you want to see? Like, how are you feeling after you read that? Um, do I have a new spark? I wouldn't say I necessarily have a new spark. Um, I would say that I just, it's just the reality. Um, it, it's a conversation that I've been having all day with clients in some shape or fashion, form, shape or fashion. Um, and just even with the inauguration coming up, uh, it's just a, just another reminder of there's still a lot of work to be done. And just because things are different doesn't mean that things are done. Um, so it's kind of like you have that stupid long to-do list and you get a lot of stuff checked off of it, but you still got a lot on that to-do list. So I guess that's the that was the first thought that came to mind is that, yes, a lot has been done, but we still have a very long way to go. And just making sure that I'm doing what I need to do to play my role. Because um, I, I know like, Back when the um, BLM riots were, not riots, I'm sorry, when the protests were going on, um, I was having a lot of conversations with people about, well, if I'm not necessarily out there protesting, how am I doing my part? And so just kind of having to have the realization of we all have a lane. And I might not be out there protesting, but I might have money so that I can contribute. Or, you know, I can sit on a board or, you know, I can feed people like or I can be a therapist to someone who's kind of trying to wrap their head around all this. Um, I mean, there's a generation behind us that, you know, we've got to make sure that they are equipped, you know, for for when they become adults. Um, Like you shared earlier, we have a new 18 year old in our lives. So and we even had a conversation yesterday about just not having the luxury of not being on your guard and what that means. So, I mean, it's just a it's just a reminder, I guess, of there's still a lot to be done. But even with that being said, not feeling defeated and feeling like there's no hope, because I think it's important to have hope and know that it's some something will be different at some point. And even if I'm not around to see it you know, just hopeful that it, it impacts someone. So yeah, that would be my answer. Look at you all profound and stuff. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be the answer for you? I mean, definitely. Um, I, I, I've been saying this and I think this should be my, I guess it's my new model for 2021 being the change that I want to see because I've been lazy. And I can admit that I've been lazy, especially when it comes to injustices or just just being um, a voice of reason. Now, I mean, I'm usually a voice of reason. If if an opportunity comes up in my face, I'll say something, you know, especially if I don't agree with how people are, are acting about certain things. I will say something that way. But 
actually putting some action to it because, you know, I don't go to neighborhood meetings. <laughs> I don't go to uh, council meetings when they have them. I don't go to any opportunity that I have around me to um, be to voice anything that I see that's incorrect. And I should, I, I, there's no reason why I don't because I make time for everything else. Why can't I put it in my schedule at least to attend half of a meeting if I can't go to the whole thing? Um, and just being present because the more of us who are present, the more of us who are actually taking the action, the more things will start to change. When they have neighborhood association meetings, you should you need to go. You know, or even if you live in an apartment, they have they got some kind of meeting or something for even apartments to um, knowing about them. And then at least sending a representative, if you can't go in the transcript from it, because every meeting has to have minutes. So, you know, being a part of it and, and saying, uh, I want to know what's going on, because we as Americans have literally sat around and trusted people who do not give a dang about us in the grand scheme of things, because they don't know our names. They don't know our story. They don't know the impact that um, listening to us for five seconds would have in maybe swaying their judgment on certain things. So, um, I mean, we had an incident like that today at work. You know, I work, for those who don't know, I work at a dentist office during the day now. And at the dentist office, there was this man who came in who's on guard. You know, he had whole history, that life history that happened, you know, and his mouth showed his life history that happened. And so he literally had let his let his guard down and literally um, decided now that he kind of wants to take care of himself after he had not for so long. And long story short, you know, when he came in, of course he was nice to me because we had already had a conversation. When he got in the back, um, he does not like to be called one name. We'll say his name is Joe, but his he likes to be called Joseph. And just by calling him Joe, that triggered him as to feel like, oh, this is going to be just like every other experience. But by the time he left, he was so happy and he felt like his voice was being heard because everybody who he came in contact with after he left the front desk with me literally took the time to listen to him and just hear why he did not like the name Joe. And actually corrected it and stated Joseph for the remainder of the time. And that's just like, you know, if we as the people could get our voices heard and people actually hear us, I feel like change would be inevitable. It would just literally, boom. It would, I think things would start to change because not a lot of people are listening and hearing what people are saying. They're, they're talking about what they think they hear, but they're not actually actively listening. So, you know, God gave us two ears to listen twice as much. So we have to start listening and hearing and ingesting and, and, and taking in what people are saying so we can have that change. And we have to show up. You know, we have to stop being lazy. It's, it's That's the thing. Not just at voting time. We got to show up at these uh, politician events where they talking about, oh, we're feeding the hungry. Okay. Well, we're going to show up and show you we're still hungry. You know what I mean? So we have to start to put some action behind it. And I, like I said before, I've got to start doing exactly what I say. And if more people do that, I guarantee you we would have some change. So. Well, and I will 
the therapist in me. I will say, <laughs> no, I, I will say for some people that figure out what makes the most sense to you. So like, if it makes more sense, if you don't necessarily want to go to a neighborhood meeting, if it makes more sense to join the Urban League, Urban League has been doing this for a long time. And they've been doing amazing things for a very long time. And most, several major cities have a chapter. And even if they don't, they still have a ton of things that you can connect with online. Um, obviously, we're doing, there's a lot of virtual things going on anyway. So connect with an organization that you feel like is doing something. There are so many grassroots organizations that have been out here. And I think sometimes we just don't, we don't realize what's out there and we don't realize who we can connect with. But contact your community service center, like one that's close by. Ask them what, what are some organizations that I can connect with? This is my interest. Uh, you know, if you're good with technology, maybe you can help run somebody's social media page, like one of these organizations that are like do amazing work. Uh, like if you're good at organizing, maybe they need someone that can come in and kind of help keep them organized. Like we all have gifts, so don't be afraid to necessarily use them and be open. And if y'all need some suggestions, holler at me because I got a few. <laughs> I know a few organizations who need some things. So I'm just saying, holler at me. Yes. Yeah. Well, we got about, what, two minutes left? So I don't know. Just, hey, that's all we can say, y'all. Just make sure y'all putting that action behind them words, man. Because if we don't do it, if we don't start putting action behind our words, them people in power won't either. So. You know, we got to affect that change. Well, we got a couple extra. Well, what time is it? I don't even know what time it is. Ooh, time just flies. Yeah. When we on here. <laughs> we, we have to be accountable. We have to stop being in denial. We have to be ready to have hard conversations and put actions behind the hard conversations. Um, and check your feelings. Tell, tell people to check their feelings, too. Because, you know, we get sensitive. I won't even say check your feelings. There's nothing wrong with feeling. It becomes an issue depending on your actions. So it's right. the behaviors that follow the feelings. So, I mean, some of the stuff is not going to feel good. There you might cry. You might get upset, whatever. That's fine. You are completely 100% entitled to all of those. But it's what you do that that's when it becomes sketchy. I mean, Jesus was flipping over tables. <laughs> so, <laughs> So just just be mindful of how you act once you once you felt something. So just get involved. Ultimately, is what we're saying is be a part of it and not just giving a lot of lip service. Be that solution. <laughs> well, you know. On that note, I'm I'm telling you guys, if y'all need some assistance, some direction on who needs something, or where you can start to go, or I think you can even Google who your who your representative is for your area. Make sure y'all you know show up, not on their doorstep because that's disrespectful. But show up like wherever they are and say, "Hey, this these are the things that I need. You know, this is what I I need to have in order for me to feel like we're progressing." So, what we got coming up? We got stay tuned. We got um we got a book we're gonna release here very soon we're almost done we're putting some finishing touches on it um we have some uh seminars and online things we're going to start hosting again um and then definitely in person so please go to our website www.empoweredlivinginc.net 
Um, you can connect with us via phone, 317-969-5694. You can text us um, or email us at info at empoweredlivinginc.net. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can reach out to us as well. Um, you got a topic you want to talk about? I'll let us. We might entertain it. So I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> contact us. Let us know. So Have an amazing week. Yes, enjoy. Stay safe. Make sure you watch the inauguration. <laughs> <laughs>